Go. Hello, and welcome to Babes of Quinty. I'm Katie, and that's Kay. We are your underqualified babes chatting with qualified people to learn more about the baddest and brightest people and events in the Quinty area. But first, let's catch up. Hi, everyone. It's just me this week, just Katie. Kay is off this week, um, so I was flying solo, which was a little scary, but super fun. I got to talk to someone we are very familiar with, so we hope you enjoy. Also, this is coming out right after the long weekend, so we also hope everyone had a safe and exciting. We have also decided to stop doing events, duh, because originally this was supposed to be a bi-weekly podcast, but of course we got excited, so we started putting out more. Doing weekly, so we are laying off of events, duh. For now, it may come back, we don't know. But for now, it's just going to be the weekly podcast of us interviewing people. So I hope you enjoy our interview with You'll Find Out. I'm going to introduce you. And not touch everything. (laughs) I'm not good at reading. Today we are interviewing one of the best people we know. She's a Bay of Quinney transplant from Barrie. She graduated the Loyalist College radio broadcasting program. We may be biased, but we think she is one of the most talented radio people we know. Don't come at us. <laughs> she is also a key piece of creating and executing our radio promotions at Starboard Communications. She has had some amazing experiences, including attending the 2022 Junos as a media personnel. Although we said we are going to step away from the Starboard Communications family this week, we could not resist interviewing one of our favorite people, Emily Quinnell. Did I say your last name right? <laughs> it depends. Um, Although I can't put on a French accent. So. No, it's so we usually go. OK, so something that my prepare uh, used to say is you pretend the qua is a ka and the S isn't there. So it's Quinnell. 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 Yeah. Are you French? Yeah, family, family French Canadian. But the thing with my last name to dive into something really weird Love right that. off the hop. Um, way back in the day, somebody on a very important document um, misspelled my family's last name. So that's why you'll meet some canals around here and in Quebec or just kind of everywhere. We're all over Canada. You'll meet some people that are canal, but it's spelled Q-U-E-S-N-E-L. And your double L? Yeah, where ours is E-L-L-E. So it got a little anglified way, way, way back. So, yeah. That's a journey. Yeah. Of a last name. There you go. Yeah, I've always had the struggle of a, of a tough last name. Uh, no one knows. Everybody knows Emily. E- Emily's easy. Emily's the easy part. I um, get share it a lot. I've heard I've heard share it. I've heard uh, charate. Sh- Oh, that's one? a fun one. Was one that, yeah. Uh, we know someone named Sakamoto and someone called them Sakahomo. Oh. And now I only call them Sakahomo because it feels so right. <laughs> <laughs> but don't do that, I guess. No, no, no. How's your day going? It's going well today, actually. We had a, we, it's like, it's really nice outside. It's not as hot as it was because that heat wave was definitely getting my curly hair like a, away. Was it? It was a certain. How do you thing. do in the heat? Are you a heat lover, heat hater? I wouldn't say I'm a heat hater because then I feel like, because when people complain about, people just like to complain about the weather, period. Love to complain about that. <laughs> especially, so, no, I guess everywhere, but especially in Ontario. It's, like, it's too hot, it's too cold. No, and exactly. And so it's like when there's 15 feet of snow, you're complaining about that. And then when it's 30 degrees out, now you're complaining that it's too hot. Like, when are you going to be happy? Like, never. are you? <laughs> ne- the, the answer is no. never. I will say when it was really hot, I don't know. I think this was like the big end of June, early July. It was so hot and we don't have air conditioning at the farm. So I was just lying on the floor and I just had like a five minute cry of being hot. And then I was like, I am fine now. And I stood up and I was like, back to work. Like, okay, that's how we're handling the heat. Like, okay. I'm going to just cry right now. Oh. oh, I guess I'll tell everyone. Kay is not here today. It's just us. <laughs> Kay is away. So. It's me flying solo with Emily because she's a she's just like the next babe we have. And I love her. Um, So what's your most embarrassing story? I I think because I got teased a lot through elementary school, um, I was very quick to become one of those people of like, I can control whether I'm embarrassed or not. So like if I, I if I trip and fall, like it's only embarrassing if I think that it's embarrassing. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm very, I don't know. It's like I try to. I think that's real, though, because I don't get embarrassed very easily. So someone's like, that's awkward. And I was like, not really. Yeah, it's you only know? awkward like, if you make it awkward. Yeah. And, and it's, is it me lying to myself? Absolutely. Oh, for sure. But, but yeah, there's, I can't really think of. I remember falling once really badly in high school and to the point where, like, the group of older, handsome boys like came oh, over no. to be like, oh, my God, are you OK? And I'm like, I just want to die in this moment. At least I feel like you looked up and it was just like good looking boys. You're like, mm. oh, this is great. I'm oh. cute down here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that would that would maybe be up there. But for the most part, like I try so hard to just be like, no. I wasn't embarrassing. I'm not embarrassed. Like we do like so much of my life lives on the airwaves That's now true. <laughs> and on social media and stuff that it's like, I just have to own it. It's like, no, this doesn't bother me. If I'm, if I'm ahead of it or, or I try to like escalate it, make it almost more embarrassing more embarrass- yeah. because then I control that. I feel like I need to start doing that. I also just burped. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I didn't hear it. It's all good. It was, didn't pick it was up like on a mic. silent burp. Nice. So I guess that comes to what's your favorite childhood story? I feel like you were this badass little kid who like wasn't embarrassed of things. Oh, heck no. I was I was absolutely embarrassed all the time. I I have. So I grew up with an immune system disorder that started when I was about 12 years old. And so so like just as you're hitting puberty, we're such an awkward age, like. Just thinking about being 12 again is like, yeah, it's terrible. It's the worst. And like your body's going through changes. And now all of a sudden you care that the boys aren't paying attention to you. Yeah. And so, yeah, I (laughs) with the with the. Ooh, sorry, I just completely lost my train of thought. That happens. Uh, I'm looking at <laughs> all the time. I'm making sure I've got the studio computer here in front of me. So I've got like half an eye to make sure yeah. that like, is everything running? OK, are we still on the radio? I'm going to last week. That. We were like, are we on the air? Someone call if we are on the air because I'm still learning the button. Yeah, it, it happens really quick. Um, um, what was the it was an, an immune system disorder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a super rare thing. It's called Pemphigus foliaceus. It sounds like a Harry Potter spell. Um, At least that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, it took more than four years to diagnose. A Holy lot of shit. medical testing, driving to and from Barrie into Toronto to go to sick kids hospital appointments. Oh my goodness. Yeah, appointments at Women's College Hospital. and That so, was like 12 to 16. You were just trying to figure this. Totally. Out. And then 16 got the diagnosis. So now we know what it is, but now we got to see how we're going to fix you because every Everybody is different. Everybody responds to different medications and different therapies in different yeah. ways. So now we spent, then there were about two years of figuring out how to get my skin under control. And so it was like a skin issue. Yeah. Yeah. It manifests as a skin issue. But so essentially the way that my doctor explained it to me is if you have, you take your two fists and kind of stick them together. Like you're holding your two fists together. Doing those, it. those are your skin cells. Your okay. fists are your skin cells. What holds your skin cells together? is these little tiny molecules that act like glue. Okay. My body, when I went through puberty, then decided that that glue isn't supposed to be there anymore. So it attacks that the same way that it attacks cold virus, flu virus. So it got rid of those molecules that hold my skin cells together. So then what happens is fluids get through your skin cells and you end up with just blistering, like Uh. head to toe. And yeah. Is it like itchy and burny? Yes. And oh my God. I'm just thinking of poor little baby Emily. Yeah. It was, it, it was a lot. Um, and but, kids are mean. And, so that was kind of, that sucks. Yeah. So totally. And, and so there were, there were definitely a couple years there where I faked sick for school days because there yeah. were just days that like, I don't want to deal with going into the gym change room and having the girls be mean to me. I can't like, I didn't have, I just had, I got acne really young. Like it's not the same at all mm-hmm. because it was just, it was like my face and my chest and my back and it was like super hormonal. So they were like cysty and, and I, there's just something when there, when there's lesions on your face or rashes that you can't control, it, it takes so much power away from you. Absolutely. And like all you feel like is there, people are staring at it, but like, I don't know. Like, people aren't, I guess. No, and... and I like th- to think they're not, I guess. There are a lot of people... I, I It took me a very long time to realize that not everybody is looking just at your skin. Some yeah. people are looking at you because they're looking you in the face to have yes. a conversation with you. Um, but, yeah, it was very much that... I, I kind of had to force myself to not be the super embarrassed all the time because I started 
falling into that. And mm-hmm. I knew that, that it's like there's no way. It's like I can't hide no. always. Like I can't not play baseball in the summers yeah. because my skin is broken out. I can't not play volleyball or go to gym class because the girls are going to be mean. Well, if they're going to be mean, I just have to stop caring. So that was a whole other level of thing where it just like kind of went from one extreme to the other. Feel all the things to shut down all the emotions. Yeah. Had to find that in between. There's definitely an in between. Definitely. <laughs> Do all females go through this? Or <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like, honestly. Are we, are we figuring something out right now? Because I feel like I did that. And then I got to the point where I was like, I'm just going to be really funny. Even mm-hmm. if, it, yeah, I feel like that was my coping. I'm like, I'm just going to be real funny right now. No one's going to make fun of me. Oh my God. I remember. So you, you say about like, oh, so you're just like, you were, you were never embarrassed. No, I was embarrassed all yeah. the time. And then eventually. Um, but I remember once upon a time, cause you guys, the babes of Quinty on your Instagram feed, one point, one day you guys were asking about like, what's the best insult you've ever received. Yeah. When I saw that, the first thing that popped into my mind and, and it's not good. Like it really hurt my feelings, but then it was one of those moments of like, well, I can either let this hurt me or I can just own it. Yeah. And it was this guy from high school. I was friends with all the like really pretty girls. Like yeah. I, I was the ugly duckling in this group of Amazons. I was tall and thin. And so that was really the only thing I had going for me. <laughs> um, but I always had that. So I clung yeah, you to like it. cling to that thing, you know, <laughs> like this is what I have. This is what I can own. I got long legs. I'm tall. I'm skinny. I can beat you on that. <laughs> Don't bring up my skin, my hair, my makeup. Oh, my God. Metallic. Like eyeliner. You know what, though? Everyone did that. Everyone did that in, like, when we were in high school. Yeah, but there was totally a guy in in school. And I didn't really... Oh, he was a dick. He was a jerk. And so I knew he was. But I remember when he, like, he saw the group of, like, me with my friends after we had a class together and we, like, saw each other in the halls afterward. And he was like, oh, so you're the funny one in the group. Oh. (laughs) I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You nailed it. You nailed it. Oh my it. God. Thriving. When I think back on it, because you know, you always think of the best comeback. Yeah, you're like, what would I say? You're like, it's like 10 years later, and you're like, what? Like, I wish I'd been like, no, nah, I'm the bitch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I think when I was younger, one thing I did was I was like, well, kids are going to bully me. I was like, I am a target. I am fat. I have acne, and I'm not very smart. I was like, I am a target. So, you know what? I'm stronger than everyone else. I didn't like beat kids up, but I was like, I'll be mean. Like, if you're going to be mean, I'll be mean. Like, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can match this energy. And I had the advantage where and I'm and I'm not happy that I went. I'm uh, I'm not proud that I went down this road at the end of elementary and into the beginning of high school. But it was very much a defense mechanism that worked for me for a little while is I, I was very clever and I was smart and I was witty. Yeah. And so if you're going to be mean to me. You better be ready because I'm probably going to be able to come up with something to to throw right back at you. Yeah. And and it's going to escalate this situation. But then it's hopefully going to give me the power over you. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think it's just a fight to try and not be like broken all the time. But yeah, you you said the insult. I remember I was longboarding. It was like my first first year of university, which we did talk about in the Martha episode. So hopefully everyone's caught up. But my first first year, I was longboarding, like super depressed in life. And I was longboarding. And this guy calls from his front porch, like this Queens frat boy goes, you're too fat to longboard. And I was like, right. okay, we're doing this. Uh, I am delicious. So that's all I thought to myself. I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. It's just after a while, it's like you can you can either let those comments get to you and you can let it be in the back of your mind yeah. for the rest of the day. Or you can just like, no, oh, screw that guy. That guy's yeah. dumb. <laughs> He's, why? Why even comment? Like, that's the best part. I'm like, why do people feel the need to say shit? No, and you have to kind of remind oh. yourself. I think since going, since starting counseling and stuff through high school oh, yeah. and, and afterwards, it's like you always have to remind yourself to, and it sucks to have to do it and to be the bigger person all the time. I know. But you've got to remember it, like to remind yourself of like, what is that person going through mm-hmm. right now that they feel the need to tear you down? There's something about you that they're insecure about. So they yeah. feel the need to, to lash out. Yeah. And that's on them. That's not on you. No. Not your problem. And I was I started watching Ted Lasso because Kay told Kay said it was her one of her favorite shows. Uh, so I started watching it and it just makes me feel so good. But he always says like 
because goldfish have really short memories. So he's like, be like a goldfish. So that's my new thing. Like whenever I get like worked up about something, I'm like, be a goldfish. Yep. Be a little goldfish. Yep. Forget about it. Yep. So water off a duck's back, as they say, like you just <gasps> you don't let it don't let it bother you no. for more than two seconds. Or what is it? Oh, think it's maybe Cher or maybe Cher has said it before. And that's where I'm like, this is a Cher quote. Um, but it's like whoever talks about it, like, is this moment going to matter mm-hmm. in five years? Yeah. If it's not going to matter in five years, then do not let it bother you for more than five minutes. Oh, I like that. And it's like, OK, like, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, that guy yelling something from his front porch, like it, it doesn't matter. No. So I'm not going to let myself dwell on it. I'm not going to let it ruin my day. I'm not going to let it because then because because it's so easy to then look inward, be like, what am I wearing? What am I doing? Do I not want to do this anymore? Like, no, don't don't ever remove joy from your life because somebody else is making you question it. Yes. Freaking snaps. I'm here. I laughed so hard. Your episode with Charity when she was like, oh, Mark's going to get back and it's going to be like, oh, my God. I talked to the girls. It was lit. Everything was snaps. I was like, please, God, Charity, say that to Mark and film his reaction. I couldn't stop saying lit that day. Like, I go back and edit these episodes and there's things I say. And I guess how do you when you do radio segments, they're short because these are long episodes. So when I'm listening to them. I'm like, oh my God, I'm annoying. And I just, I keep saying, that's amazing. I'm like, why do I do that? Oh, it's all, can I tell you? I'll give you a little radio insight here. I'm ready. In in the radio world, those are called crutch phrases. And everybody has them. When I, when I first started in radio and I still do it sometimes and I fall into it. And like, for me, there's a new crutch word that'll show up every two weeks. There'll be a new do you have any Something. really funny ones? When like I'm that? watching Drag Race, yeah. there's a lot of sass that'll start coming in. You can tell if I've listened to um, there's a there's a podcast that I really love that's called the Social Studies Podcast with Joe oh. Dombrowski. Shout out to Mr. D times three because I'm obsessed with him. Oh, <laughs> and uh, and he he can be like a sassier mm-hmm. kind of guy. And when he's feeling hot in an episode of his podcast, if I'm listening to that on the way into work. Then all of a sudden, I'm a little bit more fiery in my radio show that I afternoon. Like, I like that. Um, absolutely was my huge everything. It's going to be absolutely amazing. It's going to be an absolutely wonderful event. It's going to be an abs. I absolutely love that song. Absolutely was said more than the radio station name in my first radio shows. And it's because it's just it's absolutely yeah. what happens to you. That makes me feel a lot better about that's amazing. Yeah, it's just it's just. And when you listen back, when you're now listening back to how you talk, you're mm-hmm. going to become acutely aware of everything. Every time you say like every time oh, you say and I know so. I say it. I try to stop myself from saying like. Uh, it's not working. It, it'll eventually happen, though. Okay. And it, it just takes a while. And you just sort of eventually you start correcting yourself in everyday conversations. Yeah. And you challenge yourself to try to pick something mm-hmm. different to say. And so like, I had to cut the word absolutely out of my vocabulary for I like three weeks. That. And yeah, it gets it gets for... like so. It gets uh, really so... like so hard. <laughs> I'm like, so yeah, (laughs) that's a good, yeah. So, okay. Uh, I also do, um, when I don't know what to do with my voice, I do bisexual finger guns at people because finger guns is definitely one that's um, a finger gun. But now I say bisexual finger guns because I have to, you know, talk about my sexuality at every point I can. I think it's a good, it's a good quality. Just to remind everybody at all times. Like, did you know that Katie's bi? Did you know? Did you know? Wasn't sure. I should probably tell you. Fun fact of this week with the babes of Quinty. Katie's bi? I am bi. So put it in your calendar and I'll remind you next year. If you could eat only one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? My grandmother's lasagna. Shut up. Oh, my grandma Linda makes the best lasagna on the planet. You didn't even hesitate. No. No. Nope. knew right I away. I was ready. I was ready I with like, that one. How? That's wild. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Is there ricotta in it? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I don't absolutely. like ricotta. Absolutely. It comes back. <laughs> oh, no. See, I don't like ricotta. So, I love lasagna. But I don't like ricotta. So, tell me more about this lasagna. And that's fair. And, and I think maybe it's just... Because grandma's lasagna, there's the nostalgia of yeah. it. It's like that was family dinners on Sundays. Okay. We used to get together with my grandparents pretty often when mm-hmm. I was younger, before my parents split. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and that oh it's just the best and like when grandma is gonna come visit down here now and it's some like it's all the time oh i think i'm gonna make something to bring what do you think i should make like do you have to ask grandma I want lasagna. we want you to make lasagna i don't know if it's I don't know. Are if you she Italian? Puts, no. Oh, okay. No, and that's the that's is I that think bad another. To no, that's like an Italian dish, right? Um, lasagna. Okay. Totally is, and so I I don't exactly know why my grandmother got so good at making it. It's just something that we all enjoy, and I don't know what she. I know what she puts in it because then I and and I can go home and make a lasagna the exact same way, but it is not the same. It's the love. And I think that's the most important ingredient is it's my grandma's love. She's like, I'm making this for my grandbabies. And there's just something about that that just like in the pasta. So good. So good. I put Alfredo sauce in my lasagna. Oh, that's fancy. Instead of ricotta. Yeah, that's it's not. It's from the bottle. (laughs) I'm not making my own Alfredo. I don't have time for that. No, that's that's intense. So you came to Belleville or Quinty from Barrie. Yes. Yes. When you were 18? 19. I, so I finished high school at Bear Creek Secondary School in Barrie, Ontario. Oh, you like, go Bearcats, but that's not an animal. No, it's the Kodiaks. Oh, the Kodiaks. We had the most obnoxious, Rawr. like if you want to think about obnoxious and annoying and awful school cheers, ready for this? I'm so ready. K to the K to the K-O-D, D to the D to the D-I-A, A to the A to the A-K-S, K-O-D-I-A-K-S. Go Kodiaks. I'm going to put background music to that I need a RuPaul yeah. in the back of that. And then you death drop at the end. The whole, <laughs> don't worry, put that on our social. So yeah. I'm like death dropping. Oh, God. No, I would I'd drop to death and never come back. That would be it. No. So finished high school. I uh, took a year off after I graduated high school because... I had had a few older friends of mine that I watched go off to school, go off to university, like bright eyed and bushy tailed. And then they came back six months later, tail between their legs, living back with mom and dad being like, that didn't work out. Been there. (laughs) (laughs) And it's totally cool. If that is part of your journey, don't ever diminish that because it is way better to try something and to be able to recognize, no, this isn't for me and this is not what I want to pursue. I think that's so much better than sticking it out for four years, getting the diploma, being so many dollars in debt and having this qualification to do something that you don't want to do. I was at my parents last, like last night and I like stare, I looked in my room because my university diploma is hanging up and I was like, ah, that's cute. I don't use that. And I and at the time I was working part time. I worked full time through my year off after high school Mm -hmm. um, at Best Buy in Barrie. Loved working there. Mm -hmm. Loved the people that I worked with. When I was in grade 12, I kind of had this false sense of confidence of like, I don't have to like I can just finish high school and work at Best Buy full time. And, and not realizing how awful I, how much I didn't want to do that. No, um, it's, it's a wonderful corporation to yeah. work for. I would still recommend that anybody get a job there. I've known a fair amount of people who've had jobs at Best Buy and really enjoyed it. Spectacular! Like I started my first job in high school, not making minimum wage. So that oh. was that was everything. Shut right? Best Buy. Yeah, really, really enjoyed my time there, and and had so many people that I was working with that I admired, that were older than me, that I really, really looked up to, and they'd all they all had pieces of paper that said they were smart. They all had diplomas yeah. and bachelors of this and that and the next thing, but we're working full-time at Best Buy. Yeah. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with that, but mm-hmm. I'd rather not be in debt if I'm just going to work at Best Buy. Mm-hmm. So do I just chill here? So then I worked the full-time one year after graduating grade 12 and was like, hell no, <laughs> I do not want to work retail as a career path. Yeah. This is not for me. But that year also gave me the confidence because I was fairly certain that I wanted to pursue radio. And mm-hmm. I thought it was a really cool idea. But it was so funny because I remember even back then telling people like I tell people like older people would check out at Best Buy and like, oh, are you in school? No, actually, I've taken a year off, but I think I'm going to start at Humber College in Toronto next September and take radio broadcasting. And people would be like, well, you know, radio's dying, right? And like so many people, the everyone radio's dying. Nah. Oh, you know, podcasting is where it's at, right? And I'm like, Boom. yeah, okay. But we do both here. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm like, hey, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Who did who to guessed? But yeah, so that was took the year off, knew what I wanted to do, then came here. So I was 19 when you, I started college. What made you choose to not go to Humber and to come to Loyalist? The there were a few factors. Um 
when I, and that's another thing why I'm so, so glad that I didn't go to school straight out of high school. Cause if mm-hmm. I'd gone straight out of high school, I'd have gone to Humber. Yeah. And God only knows what would have happened from there. Yeah. Um, but I, we went to Quebec city, my brothers, my dad and I, we did a weekend trip out to Quebec city that summer between first before between yeah. the year I graduated grade 12 and before pursuing school later on, I deferred acceptance from Humber. So they told oh, me that yeah, yeah. yeah, they're like, you're guaranteed to get in, mm-hmm. but we'll wait a year for you. During that year, we did a road trip out to Quebec and on the way East, my dad kind of asked because we'd, there was a woman that my dad played baseball with and her niece went to loyalist oh. and gushed about it. And yeah. there, this was this college that was completely off my radar. Mm-hmm. And Lori had mentioned that her niece went there and loved it. And it's a beautiful campus. And Belleville is a really, really great town. I'm like, I'm sure it is, but I've never heard of yeah. it. Um, and so trip to Quebec, we stopped in just because Loyalist is so easy to access mm-hmm. off of the highway. Oh, yeah. We jumped off the 401. We kind of toured through the school grounds. And I was like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I had toured the residence at Humber and then I checked out the residence situation at Loyalist and I liked Loyalist a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, Loyalist, the way that it worked was I was going to be able to be living in an apartment with five other roommates. And it's as if you have your own place. Like yeah. You have your own. There were two bathrooms between six girls, which is still not enough. Still bathrooms. not enough. No, not no, enough I, did, I did one bathroom with four girls. That was not enough. Oh, my God. No, no. That's <laughs> my nightmare. Only the IBS. There's the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I can't even imagine. But yeah, so there was that. But if I'd gone to Humber, that was the more, I don't want to say traditional style dorm room where it's like you have a bedroom and everybody on that floor gets to share one tiny little kitchenette where you can borrow kitchen things and you have to live off of a meal plan. A kitchen in your space at Loyalist. I didn't know that. That's cool. And that was a huge selling point for me. Something that I always really loved that was a stress reliever for me was cooking, was baking, was was all of that. I remember the day we moved in, Loyalist move-in day. I had just turned 19 like two days before or something. So we're all Virgos in this studio right now. And if Kay was here, it would still all be Virgos. Still be Virgos. A lot of organized energy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Organized chaos. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, loyalist move in day. I remember I said to one of my roommates, Carly, I was like, just so you guys know, like, I apologize in advance, but you guys need to know, like, when I'm stressed, I bake. She's like, perfect. When I'm stressed, I eat. Yeah. So match made in heaven. Yeah, it worked out perfectly. And I adored going to loyalist college. I loved my time there. I'd spent, I'd spent so much time in Toronto going to and from doctor's appointments Mm -hmm. that I was excited about the idea to go and live in the city, but the slower, like the kind of step back in pace, I feel like if I'd gone away to go pursue college and I'm alone for the first time, add the, the Toronto energy that might've been too overwhelming for me. Yeah. I lived in Toronto for a bit and it was for me, it was overwhelming, especially coming from a smaller town, like maybe because you're from Barrie, it's a bit bigger. You mm-hmm. might have been fine. But I found going from a small town to a big town where I could hear subways all the time. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Why is everyone walking so quickly? My nobody, little... nobody says hello to each other. No. Like, what? This morning I went for a walk. I said hi to everyone I saw. I was like, hello. Can I pet your dog? Hey, Katie. Hey, Kay. What's up? So have you heard of this new like newsletter thing? No, I haven't. What is it? It's called Good News and Quinny. No way. So what it is, is it has all the good news stories from the previous week in a weekly newsletter that you get in your inbox on Saturday morning. No way. I love good news. Everybody loves good news. And it's way better because there's a lot of not good news out there that I see every day. So I need a little good news in my life. Yeah. So you can drink your coffee and get read some good news. And all you have to do is go to Good News and Quinty.ca and sign her up. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it too. Lovely. Awesome. This is the cutest note. It says you're a very nice person. Yeah, that was um, Mark and Charity once upon a time did a bit about how like leaving nice notes for each other is really good to do. So that's Mark's thoughtful note. (laughs) So thoughtful. Yeah. Sorry. I think there were more than that. I think there was a bunch that he like hid under her keyboards and stuff. They're very cute together. I love seeing I their energy. Love Mark and Charity. Mm-hmm. I love uh, McKay and Lu- or Lewis and McKay too. I, it feels weird saying it the other way. Yep. Do you 
Sorry, I keep burping. I just ate a poke bowl. Um, do, do you like doing a solo show? Have you ever done on air? Have you ever done? I guess you've never done a dual. What's it called? A, oh, co-hosting. Co, not dual. <laughs> I can't. Have you ever done a dual? Um, no, like a dual to the death. death? Uh, no, you're still good. No, uh, not yet. You've never co-hosted, but you you, you like doing a solo show. Yeah, um, I I have nothing to really compare to, right? So I think about the idea of having somebody else to feed off of, and that is both awesome and a little daunting. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be be awesome because sometimes you have days where it's like, I don't have a ton of energy, and I have to fabricate all of it for Mm -hmm. the show. The idea of having somebody to bounce off of so I can have a more subdued day and just kind of be feeding off of your energy. Yeah. Could be is is very cool to me, um, like a give and take, which mm-hmm. is nice. But I also know there is so much work that goes into having two people behind a microphone at the exact same time because you end up you talk over each other. It's it's bound to happen in conversation. And how do you and and if you have two people talking at the same time, it just sounds like chaos through the speakers for anybody trying to tune in. Mm-hmm. And there's so I'd, I'd be so curious to like sit. And watch what goes on behind the scenes in Lewis and McKay's show on Cool 100 and in Mark and Charity Mornings on 95.5 Hits FM. Because I've got a feeling that there's there's probably hand actions where that we never you don't hear it. But it's just like one of them will probably raise their hand to be like, yeah, I've got this or or things like that. There's- we tried to interview Jen, but it something happened. So it, we're going to redo it. And she was like writing us notes. So I think they write each other totally. notes. And I was like, you can just talk. Like, I can edit it out. <laughs> she's just like, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, I can talk out loud. I was like, yes, you can. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, okay, they use notes. Yeah. And so, so totally, there's there's totally things that they do that are silent to have that communication mm-hmm. while the microphones are going and something's happening live. Like, that just, like, and the fact that they do it at 4 o'clock in the morning after I know. being awake since forever is just, huh. That I want to uh, do a thing because you and I both do kind of content creation at the station. I feel like people are very confused of how radio works. Yep. And I want to do like behind the scenes of radio. Like this is what actually happens because I think people are always like they're live. I'm like, no, no one's there right now. <laughs> uh, not not after a certain time of day and no. not on a certain day of the week. It's like magic. There are some people. I remember the day that I told I explained voice tracking to my mother How'd that go? It was like I killed the Easter bunny in front of her. It was. Was was she sad? It was a real sad day uh, when she like for her to learn that. Okay, so for anybody voice tracking is the fancy radio words for pre-recording your radio show. Mm -hmm. Um, Chances are there's there's I feel like we shouldn't out ourselves too too much. No, not too much. We don't want to. But but in in some in some cases, it has to happen that you have to pre-record some of your show ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And so that is called voice tracking when I told my mom that like because the big big companies right I'm like mom that radio personality that you're listening to right now like I can tell you she lives in Ottawa and she's recording the same show for Ottawa for Sudbury for this for this for this for that those cities probably aren't accurate I'm just throwing out Ontario cities (laughs) but syndicating across numerous cities and many radio stations to show to explain to my mom that it's like no that girl's not talking specifically to you Mm -mm. as a sad day I felt bad that I told her like ruining the magic so mm-hmm. don't just pretend we didn't say that and then we didn't ruin the magic for you mm-hmm. there's still so much magic and there's still there's so, so much, much yeah. real and it's and it's awesome and there's there's nothing I'm starting to sound like Paul Ferguson there's nothing like radio there really isn't it we love working in this medium and being able to have that immediate connection with people and still being able to be a go-to for information mm-hmm. in times of trouble, in times of stress. Through the pandemic, we had a lot of people that were reaching out to us to just to be like, thank you so much for making me smile in these weird friggin' times. <laughs> like, thank you. Yeah, I think that's it. And it's just a familiar voice. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I know I can like turn on the radio, like even if I'm listening online and be like, oh. There's a bit of home. Like she's here. That's cheesy and fun for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? So you have two brothers. Yes. Are you an oldest, middle, youngest? I am the oldest. I am oh, the oldest. Oh, yes. big ba- 
bad big sister. Yeah, and I am so lucky that I was nice to my brothers when we were little. They're bigger than you now. They're so big. Yeah. They're ginormous. They're ginormous. I well, always, you're tall. How tall are they? So I'm short in my family, and I'm a How's whopping sh- five foot eight and a bit. I'll round up to say that I'm five foot nine. I'm like five eight and a half. If my, my dad listens to this, he'll call me out. So. My jaw's on the floor because I'm five four. And I'm <laughs> just like a little baby. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm over five foot eight. Um, my brother Curtis, who is three years younger than I am, Curtis is probably about six foot one, maybe six two, uh, which isn't astronomically tall in our family, but that's how tall is the tallest person in your family? That would be Andrew. That would be the baby. And I love it so much because so my, my youngest brother, Andrew is six years younger than me. And I love being able to introduce him as my little brother, all six foot six of him. Six foot six. Yeah. He and he's as skinny as I am. Like he's he, just tall. Is he lengthy? Oh lengthy? God, yeah. He's got the longest arms you've ever seen on the, on a human being. It's insane. He's built like Michael Phelps. I like, was gonna say I was like, is he an athlete? <laughs> like what? Volleyball. What are, volleyball. There. Volleyball. Yeah, Dad. My so our dad is six foot three and a bit. He's not six foot four, but he's taller than six three. And so that's where that's where we get it from. That's where it comes from. Is your mom tall? My mom's not short. But I wouldn't say that my mom is a giant. She's she is taller than average. I'd say she's either five seven or five eight. I'm a little bit taller than my mom. That's being tall. I always ask people, I'm like, what's it like? What yeah. can you, what can what's you the do? weather like up there? It's yeah, raining. You're spitting and just spit on me. It's, it's raining. I'll accept it. Mm-hmm. And do you have, you have a good relationship with your brothers? Yes. Yeah. That was one thing that I remember being even a little kid, and you don't start realizing it until like little bit later, like halfway through elementary school, I think my brothers and I kind of started realizing, like, are we weird that we don't hate each other? Yeah. Because you see it in TV shows. You see it in yeah. movies. Siblings are always at each other. And yeah. the brothers are pulling the sister's hair. And nah, mom. We, we. <laughs> I loved that improv skit. If you guys can't see her right now, but there was hand action. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I'm a hand talker. I love that. We go back to the French Canadian thing. Um, That's amazing. And so... <laughs> Yeah. The expressions help sell the story. So you got to be a good storyteller. Um, And um, yeah, so my brothers and I, we always got along like we were always pretty tight and we kind of started realizing that we were weird for it. I I guess it's just an odd thing. Like my best friend in the whole world, Jessica, her and her sister get along now. (laughs) I feel like that's the thing. Most people get along when they're adults with their siblings, but maybe not when they were younger. Yeah, where I would say my brothers and I were super tight when we were younger, and now it's just kind of a nonchalant. Like, I called my brother Curtis yesterday and talked to him on the way home from work because his birthday was just a couple days ago. So I didn't call him on his actual birthday because it was a Sunday and stuff. I was like, you're going to get a bunch of calls. It's like, I'll call you the next day and see how you're doing. And yeah, it's just... It's always so funny talking to your siblings now when you're grown up because it's like, oh, we're adults now. We're not just little kids. And I think a big I think something that really helped mine and my brother's relationship was our mom ran a daycare from our house. Okay. after Curtis was born, Uh, when I was the only child, I went to a daycare. Mm -hmm. But then when they had two kids, my parents were like, well, it's kind of it's kind of pointless for Julie to keep working when all that money is going to go into child care. My mom is phenomenal with kids and she loves kids. And so she ran a daycare from her home and she was spectacular at it. She was the best. That's amazing. Yeah, she was. She was Said it again. That's amazing. amazing. <laughs> See, but now you'll, you'll start being yeah. aware of it. You'll start counteracting it. Yeah, that's great. You're learning with me. OK, <laughs> so <laughs> mom ran a daycare. <laughs> um, so, yeah, mom, mom ran a daycare. And so I think because of that. I don't want to say there was an us versus them mentality in our home. Yeah. But there there were times when my brothers and I had to kind of stick together mm-hmm. against these other kids because, like, they're playing with all of our toys. Yeah. And so there would be some really had to learn sharing. <laughs> yes. And it's so funny because now so that was my upbringing. Mm-hmm. My significant other, my boyfriend, Eric, who I love so dearly, he is an only child. Is he? Yes. No, really? And so, so the exact polar opposites of I, from moment, from the time I was two and a half, three years old, nothing was ever mine anymore. It was going to be shared because I had no choice. I had Mm -hmm. two younger siblings. We had eight kids in our house all the time that were practically other siblings. And my boyfriend, Eric, it's the exact opposite. It's like everything is his. Yeah, I was going to say, does he not like sharing? (laughs) He's he's pretty good. But it's but you can definitely there are times when I'm like, huh? Yeah, you got all the attention growing up. It's funny because my partner's (laughs) 
Jeanette's the youngest of four. Oh. So she's almost like, she doesn't like sharing because she learned to like, it's mine and I'm not letting it go. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. That's, I didn't know. Only children are interesting because you can tell the difference. You're like, oh, you, yeah, you definitely got a lot of attention and all of your own toys. And I used to say that to Eric all the time. Like, oh my God, you're such an only child. When he would do things or say things and he's like, I don't get what you're saying. Like he never understood that dynamic mm-hmm. that people who are siblings can see. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, no, I can, I can point you out pretty quick. I'm like, are you the youngest in your family or are you an only child? Yeah. And he's like, I'm an only child. How did you, how'd you know that? I'm like, I just know. I guess, too, because I'm the youngest and you're the oldest in your family. Mm-hmm. I always thought you were older than me because we're the same age. Yeah. Like, by, like days were the same age almost. And but I always was like, you're older than me. And then and then the man who shall not be named came home. and was like, do you know you're the same age as Emily? And I was literally like my life was not organized and you were like working at the radio station pretty full time. I was like, I know I get it, John. We, <laughs> I get it. You want me to have my life more together. So but maybe that's it. Maybe it's because you're. And the oldest so do you feel like you had to look out for like do you think that gave you more responsibility oh my and god stuff? yes when you're the oldest it's like my parents were my parents were pretty good but there was definitely the like you know better than that yeah like you know better I'm like well obviously I don't because I'm here in trouble with Curtis and Andrew and they did it too why am I the only one that's being singled out right now because you're the older sibling and you're supposed to lead by example screw that Oh my God, I feel like I've heard that conversation and like, that's real. I never got that. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. It, it happened. But luckily for me too, the biggest shit disturber of the family was Andrew. He was the youngest. He was the one that, okay. Oh, some of the stuff he would say to our parents was so good. He was totally the kid where he would say something that was really, really friggin' funny. But in that moment, my parents cannot laugh because they are parenting and you need to go sit in the... It's so hard when a kid (laughs) says something and you're like, that's hilarious because that just came out of a three-year-old's mouth, but I can't laugh. Like, um, we have Jack Russell's and my nieces were over and one of them's three and the Jack Russell's like, and she comes to the... She stomps over to the bottom of the stairs. She's like, that dog's really pissing me off. And I was like, you are... And I have to keep a straight face. I was like, what did you say? <laughs> but I was like, please say it again because it's hilarious. Say it like, again. Say it slower. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how parents like good on them because I would not mm-hmm. do well. Oh, and if there was that, that was dad was the disciplined guy. Mom, mom would mom was scary, mm-hmm. but mom was like, there's the line. And we would kind of like tiptoe over it, but like be close enough to the line that we can run back if we go too far. Yeah. And then eventually it's like, Oh, we screwed up. We did it. Where dad, it was like the line is 50 feet that way. And you don't go near it. Yeah. Or are you in That's trouble? So interesting. And what is something you did that maybe crossed the line? Now I want to know. I'm trying to think of like, when did I get into it's so funny because like when you're sibling, I can think of 65 times my brothers got in big trouble because that was always way funnier and oh, not yeah. nearly as traumatic. You just black <laughs> out when you get in trouble. I started doing this thing where I, I call them trauma tears. Not that I had a very traumatic childhood, but it's like memories that come up that like caused me a lot of anxiety as a child. And when I'm telling the story now, I start like uncomfortably laugh crying and people are like are you okay and I'm like yeah it's funny it's funny but I'm like crying I'm like maybe this isn't good it's like how mean were your parents when you were younger but it's not even my parents it's just like random situations I was in yeah. I'm, I'm just like trauma tears so everyone starts start telling us about your trauma tear yeah that's anxiety for sure yeah. when you're laying there going over every single conversation like there's There's one incident that comes back to my mind every now and again from when I was like grade three, something that I did that that and I always I don't know why it's the thing where my brain goes back to. But I'm like, no, we don't need to be thinking about that right now. That's been resolved. That was resolved more than 15 years ago. You're fine, kid. You learned the lesson. (laughs) Be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. Exactly. (laughs) Just Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Oh, he makes everything better. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness. If you weren't in radio, what would you want to do? Do you know? It's really, it's funny because there's, there's so many things that went, th- like there's so many options out there, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when we did, because you have to do career aptitude tests in high school, right? Oh, yes. Do you remember doing them? Do you remember yeah, what your was, top results? Uh, teacher. Teacher? Cool. Teacher. And cool. I don't know what else. Maybe sales. I don't know. You ready for this? My number one was magician. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I remember looking at that being like, what the hell is this? What were the questions? What did you 
answer. And it, and I the the exact same questions that everybody else in my class asked was asked, and they got lawyer, they got paralegal, they got teacher, they got doctor, they got this, they got that. Emily Cannell gets magician. How is that even an option? Like, how are you gonna? It didn't make sense, but so then you click weird. on it. You click on it, and then it gave you like the description, and mm-hmm. then it was like, okay, I tell you that I like kids. I tell you that I would be comfortable working in front of crowds. I tell oh, you that yeah, okay. I like like public speaking. So then it's just you like to like, surprise and shock. Exactly. Like what? I like wearing frilly outfits. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sequins. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, Not so, even a magician's assistant, which I do appreciate because they weren't like putting you in a gender role. They were like, you be the magician. Yeah, you be the queen of the show. So yeah, magician was up there. Crossing guard was up there. But I was like, I thought that was a volunteer role. I thought role. that was volunteer. Please correct us if we're wrong. But <laughs> what? What? I feel like you were doing a different test than everyone else. Honestly, and I looked and I remember I asked my careers teacher because civics and careers was yeah. in the class in grade 10 and, and had to raise my hand from Miss Sullivan and be like, I got magician and she just freaking died. She's like, do you want to, she's like, do you want to take the test again? Or do you want to do your project on being a magician? I'm like, oh, I'm going all in with being a magician. Like, obviously. What did you have to say in the project? Well, it was like, you started that. I think that was the whole thing where it was like, you start with, you get your job and then you have to do budgets and you have to, yeah. yeah, I think that was that project. And the way that I kind of enjoyed that everything built on itself in that course. Mm-hmm. So it was like for the entire course, it's like you you're going to be a magician. It's kind of life goals. I it guess. was great. It was great. And so maybe that year off after high school was me just kind of being like, do we do the magician thing? I think that's what it was. <laughs> Should I be a magician? It would be so fun. And, and I, I, but also at the same point, like at the same time, I think part of me would be disappointed to know the magic behind all the magic tricks. There's a magician on TikTok who's telling you. I'm like, don't think, do it. I think he's shunned from the magician world. If I'm a magician, never reveals you his can't secrets. reveal. So he's been shunned. Mm-hmm. And That's I an easy just, way to get kicked yeah. out of that club. <laughs> How do you think you get kicked out of a radio club? I guess we just did it. We told everyone what voice tracking. <laughs> you say the f word on the radio. Oh, and then there's a and then there's a little a little meet meet downstairs. You go down to the dungeon and then they say goodbye. <laughs> Pack your thing. I would never. What time are we at right now? We are at forty seven minutes. Forty six okay, sure. minutes. I don't want to yeah. keep you too long. Oh, it's I'm, good. I'm laughing for time right now. So. Oh, lovely. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna rapid fire you because this is my favorite thing. Heck yeah, let's okay. do it. What's your favorite color? Purple. I like that. That's amazing. What's your favorite restaurant in Quinty? Oh, that's always so tough. Royal. Everyone pauses. Uh, Royal Haveli. Have you been to the pop-up yet? They're there, aren't they? I went there last summer. I haven't been there yet this summer since they've been doing the pop-up. Yeah, I love them. What's your favorite thing there? Um, from from them, I'm usually pretty basic with just like a like a butter chicken type dealio. Um, and their samosas are just legendary. Now I have to go try a samosa. Mm-hmm. Favorite animal? My dog, Wesley. No, that's rude to the cat, Eliza. Uh, I was going to ask you like favorite pet, but I was like, I thought you only have Wesley. So that's. No, I have a I have a crotchety old cat named Eliza and she is the light of my life. I love her so much. How long have you had her? Six or seven years. And how long have like you had that? Wesley? I've had the cat for seven years. I got her 2015. Okay. Uh, Wesley, I got him a couple years later. I think he was 2018. Did you get your dog before you met your partner? Yes. Before I met Eric. Yes. I was, I was with somebody else when I adopted the dog. Um, but I knew I wasn't happy in that relationship. So did I adopt a dog while I was in an unhappy relationship so I could have somebody to talk to about my unhappiness and also so I could take advantage of the fact that there was a second person to help with puppy training? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we go back to the, I'm a Virgo. We're planners. We're a free planner. (laughs) Um, Sorry, boy. Um, But thanks. Yeah, now I got Eric and he is, wow. He's pretty great. How long have you two been together now? We met in 2018. 18, so 19, 20, 21. We're four years dating now. Holy. Bananas, right? It's so crazy. And two of those are COVID years, and we didn't kill each other. And you're still together. Yeah. And we had to do, like, 
the full on in the peak peak of COVID before vaccines were rolled out. We had to do a full 14 day isolation together, could not leave our house. You want to talk about something that is either going to make or break your relationship? Holy crap. I cannot understand how people in like if people own a condo, if people live in an apartment. I don't know. Oh, my God. Our saving grace was the fact that we have a treehouse and we have a shop outside. And so I'm like, go out there. Go to the treehouse. Go sit in the shop. Can I talk about the age difference? Yeah, I give her. just found this out because you were saying like. <laughs> Eric's 40. And I was like, what? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so yeah, we found that one out on our first date. Uh, oh, you didn't know? No. Well, I kind of knew he didn't know. I kind of was just like, well, let's see what he thinks. Because he doesn't look his age. Like, I assumed nope. he was maybe in his, like, early 30s. Yep. And then people assume that I'm older, older than yeah. I am. And so it we meet in the middle at both being 32 in people's <laughs> minds is the way that yeah. I put it. Um, yeah. No, but I, I guess was February. that only, like, thir- 13 years? That is 13 years. No, it's not. It's not. And and I remember when we first found out about the difference and we were both like, ooh, when we didn't look at each other and we kind of, you could tell. So you're like on your first day and you're like, okay. It was one of those, what year were you born? Wait, what and year he was were like you the born? medieval time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, what? People were born in the early 80s? Like, what? Wow. Yeah. Because he, wow. Yeah. And so we are both millennials. But we but are different. like the bookends of millennials. Yeah. If you look up, like, what year were millennials born? It's like 1982 to 1996. I'm like, there we go. We're it. <laughs> is there any, like, is there anything that you're, sometimes you're like, you're old. Yeah, that happens. Um, <laughs> but there are times the exact same happen where, where he's like, you're a child. You are a little tiny baby. Um, and it just kind of happens. Um, but the way that I explained it to people was like, we were in the same stage of our lives when we started dating, when we started hanging out. Yeah. We were both well done school, have no chance of going back to school. We're both working in our fields that we both really, really love and are thriving in. Mm-hmm. And she, yeah, we were we just started talking. And then when we found out the age difference, I think we both kind of went, oh, God, no, this isn't going to be a romantic thing. Like, we're just going to hang out and this person's really compelling and I like spending time with them and I'd like to get them to know them more. And then it's like, oh, well, my favorite thing, though, is uh, so he actually we met because he came in to be a guest on a podcast that we hosted at the radio station. It's a meet cute. You met in the wild. Yeah. At my workplace, which like for me, I'm like, no, No, like I am in work mode and he'll tell everybody that will listen. And he's like, she didn't give me the time of day. I'm like, because I was working. Like, I was busy, dude. But then I showed up casually at your work the next week. I wonder how that happened. Was not planning that at all. No, no. Maple in the County weekend just happened to show up a couple weekends after that cute boy named Eric came into our radio station. And my friend was like, let's go do a Maple in the County day. And I was like, yo, how about we visit this brewery? Because (laughs) I met the guy who's the head brewer there and he was kind of cute. And... I've also just wanted to go and check that place out. So mm-hmm. like, we should do that. And we got there and then, yeah, the rest is history. We got, we always joke to people that were like, yeah, we, we met at the brewery. And then our first date was we got pancakes the next morning. So people <sighs> assume that we then spent the night that night to get. No, we no. did not. We okay. did not. No. I did just assume I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's just really funny because we. We're chatting. We ended up he we went to the brewery that he worked at at the time uh, to get food. But the food truck had sold out. And so my friends and I were starting to get a little too drunk because we hadn't been eating. Yeah. And we were like, we need to get food like right now. And he was like, I know a place. He brought us to the five, five, five brewing company where they had pizzas. So we got a pizza there. We got chatting and I kind of made the comment of like, oh, man, it's Maple in the County weekend. And I haven't done a pancake breakfast like I got to do that tomorrow. Did anybody want to join? And the girls that I was with for the day both weren't able to go. And Eric kind of looked at me and kind of looked at each other across the table. I was like, would you be down to go on a breakfast date? He's like, yeah, let's do it. We went to Wapoo's Estate Winery, which was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we had the breakfast brunch there. And we've pretty much been dating since, which is bananas. That makes me really happy. Yeah. I love meet cute. Yeah. I that I met on a dating app. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to get murdered because I went to the farm. My dad was like Google imaged it. And like, he's like, this is where you're going. You're going to get murdered. Yeah. And he still let me go. So 
good times. As long as you knew where you were and when you were roughly supposed to get back. Yeah, I put, uh, I wrote the address and stuck it to a post-it, but then my phone died. Um, And so I texted my mom from Jeanette's phone. And then my mom texted back and said, ha ha ha, did you put Katie in a hole and are you making her wear the lotion? And I was like, that's my mom. Like, by the way, this is my family. Yeah, Uh, um, they're pretty great. They are. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What are you most looking forward to next year? Ooh, next year? What are we doing next year? I know, maybe you don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited to keep, like, I'm excited to keep working with you full time. As corny as that is, and I'm not putting this on because it's just you and me, mm-hmm. but I'm, I, uh, I really think that God, our radio, I think our radio stations are doing a pretty good job of bringing in some new faces that are hopefully going to up the creativity level, up the fun level in the, within the, like within the building as well, like just people yeah. to boost morale as corny as that I, is, but I it's do come super in very important. chaotic. <laughs> What's the best concert you've ever seen? Oh, Foo Fighters. Sold. Oh, that'd be good. Foo Fighters in Toronto sold out at the Rogers Center was bananas. That was like, like, what is that? Pre-COVID? 50, yeah. Yeah, okay. 50,000 people in a sold out stadium. I think that was July of 2019. I'm not Paul Ferguson. I don't know dates off the top of my head like that. But He knows a lot of dates and Oh, God, the day stuff. he stopped, the day he shaved his head bald. I know, oh, I, I like, love it. I love it so much. And I aspire to have that level of detail when I tell stories. Yeah, I don't. Because it's it's what sells it. Yeah. 100%. Gotta get better at dates. Mm-hmm. Write them, tattoo them on me. It'll be fine. Yeah. But yeah, the Foo Fighters was unbelievably cool. And then for their drummer, Taylor Hawkins, to have passed away really suddenly oh, yeah. just this year, it's like, wow, I, I got to see him. Yeah, that's before, awesome. Before he died. And that was, you don't realize that that's going to be a thing until it happens. And you're like, wow, I'm really, really grateful that I got to be there. Um, went and saw Heart. With my grandpa oh. and my brothers. That's cool. And that was really a fun night. That yeah. was one that was unbelievably cool. Heart open or Heart was the main people uh, and the headliner. That's the word for that. Uh, the openers were Cheryl Crow and L King. Oh, that I love L King. Yeah. So it was this whole badass lady lineup, and I saw that show with three of the most important men in my life, and it was that's awesome. So great. It was such a good show, but there are so many, and you can't compare the little shows to the big ones, and like, it's <laughs> like a dad. It's no, but it's true it's though. True. Like, like Boots and Hearts is a very different. Like Alan Jackson at Boots and Hearts was was big for my childhood. That one yeah. hit on a lot of nostalgia. And that was the only concert that I was able to like, I took a bunch of pictures and videos and showed my grandmother, my mamere. Um, oh, that's cool. She, she wouldn't have Wait, cared. Wait, what do you call your grandma? Mamere. Is that French? Yes. French okay. Canadian. I think that's specifically, I think that's specifically like, I don't know if it's an Ontario French thing, but the only people that I have ever heard mention having a mamere or a papier are people from like people that have French families in, in. Northern Ontario. Yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah. So that was okay. I was like, what did you just say? Yeah, sorry, my mama and papere. Uh yeah, my they were my my dad's parents. They're both passed away now. Um, but yeah, I got my angels in heaven. Aww. Yeah. Mama and papere. Yep. Mama and papere. Again, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for talking with me. This is I'm just gonna spoil it for everyone. We interviewed Emily first, like two months ago, but that episode was so canned. We didn't think we could bring it back. I was like, the, to... I was, I was proud to be the like beta test guest. You, <laughs> you made us feel comfortable in front of microphones. Mm. We're still awkward, but we do our best. Um, so thank you for being here. And do you want to shout out your socials or anything that, yeah. I guess um, I'm like most of the stuff that, that I do that I'm really stoked on and that I think everybody should see is the 95.5 hits FM page, the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, my last name is spelled Q U E S N E L L E. I got lost. So yeah, exactly. It <laughs> looks like Quesnelli. You pretend the qua is a ka and the s isn't there. It's Emily Canel. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram. I post a lot of pictures of my dog. Love it. Um, I haven't been posting very much on socials on my personal feeds lately. No, I post all on the farm. If you want to know what's going on, look at what's happening on the farm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, through COVID, like there was a big step back from social media for mental health, and now mm-hmm. I'm just like not the most stoked on the idea of picking it back up and bringing that energy back into my brain. It so. definitely hurts the brain. 
and the emotions. Mm -hmm. But I've got so many good things that I did this summer that I want to post about. It's just all going to be throwbacks. <laughs> be like, this yeah. happened last week. This happened you, six weeks ago. I think the, the kids call it a photo dump. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A photo dump. We're going to do a photo dump. A 2022 photo dump <laughs> will happen on December 31st of I this year. Wait. It's going to be great. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'm Emily Cannell, E-M-I-L-Y, um, E. Cannell on Instagram and Twitter. And what time is your show? What time are you on air on 95.5? Yeah, that's the big one. Tune in through 955hitsfm.ca. If you are not within the Quinty region, if you're not able to get 95.5 FM on your actual radio, um, I'm so, on air weekdays, Monday through Friday from noon until 6. Favorite time of day. Favorite time of day. All through the afternoons. Get to hang out. Get you through the uh, crummiest hours of your work day. Get you through your drive home. And get you home safe. It's really fun. Awesome. And you can follow the pod at Babes of Quinty on Facebook and Instagram. Or if you want to email us anything, babesofquinty at gmail.com. My personal Instagram is at Katie underscore Strat. But of course, follow the farm at Tipsy Willow Farm. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Aww. That was awesome. Thank you. I hope you had an okay time.